Hey, everybody, welcome to This Life Podcast with me, Dr. Drew. And, of course, it's not only me today. It's the great Bob Forrest. Bob Forrest in the hizzy. Hard for me not to yell at the beginning. <laughs> Indeed. A uh, bit of business to take, over, take care of before, Bob, before we get into this. Today's sponsor is Social CBD. We're proud of our sponsors. We appreciate you guys supporting them. Social CBD. I'll tell you more about them at the break. And uh, we want to get some callers on the line, so you can call us at 984-2-Dr-Drew, where the number is 984-237-3739. Find on the banner at Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we are live on the YouTube channel, Facebook.com, Dr. Drew, as well, and on Mixer. So uh, this is new technology for everyone today. We appreciate you being here with us. Uh, if you texted us a question, you received a text notification on your phone, call us and get in the queue first. If you got that text message, you're first up. You'll hear us while on the line, and we'll be getting to you in just a few moments. And... Uh, this yeah. is nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy, like a TV right? studio in it, your house. It, it is. I actually did a, a satellite broadcast out of here. They put a, like a landscape in the back. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, brighter TV. They were, instead of a satellite now, they can plug into your Ethernet. Oh, really? And that's it. It's a television studio. It's crazy. Beyond crazy. So, um, Who set all this up? Susan? Susan and Caleb behind okay. the camera. <laughs> this is, well, that must have been a fun week. Yeah, it was more than a week, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's been about three months getting this together. And it's then, a TV studio. As you see, there were still um, some bugs to work out. We we're seven minutes late getting on the air here. But So, Bob, I feel like the world has changed since you and I were last together. It felt I know. I retired. <laughs> Seriously? Have you? Well, semi-retired. That's good. Yeah. You got out of the. It, you got tired of trying to drag people into recovery. Yeah. Well, I t- I got I got tired. I'm I'm a dinosaur, is what I realized, and yeah. I think you've come to grips with that. You're yes. Less accepting of it than I am. Well, but wait a minute. We're dinosaurs, <laughs> but we have something we are to offer. Dinosaurs compared to addiction philosophy oh, in yeah. the 21st century. Yes. Yes. And. And not only that, but I don't think a lot of my ideas have changed in the last year, say. I don't think, I just kept thinking, well, if I can break through to these millennials, they'll realize what we're talking about. Oh, I'm not no, sure. They yeah. No, they won't. No, they won't. So somebody uh, of that mindset needs to deal with them on an hour by hour, day by day, group way. How would you characterize that mindset? The mindset is, well, I've talked to Khalil about it a lot, our friend from, from Sun Life Organics. It, they just don't think in terms of, of, of hierarchy like we do. <laughs> like That's they don't true. respect their elders. That's true. So why would they care about what people have traditionally respected for 100 years? Right. Because they don't, they don't respect That's, things. That, um, well, they, that, 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 respect, that kind I, of stuff. I'm not sure respect is the right word, but they don't... Um, it's. It doesn't cooperate. They don't uh, it value. They don't. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Well, so they that's why I retired. They, they, they sort of don't perceive hierarchy, right? It's but not. It's not, not that I'm thing. giving up. I'm just. I'm just more focused on a uh, part of the addiction puzzle that nobody's focused on, which is you know Narcan. Saving um, lives. Yeah, saving lives on the ground floor so they can live long I, enough I to come with in, whatever solution I don't have it in my pocket find. now, but I normally carry Narcan around with me. Yeah, I have it in my I, car. I, I keep it everywhere. I, I had a funny thing. So I I was driving in, not in downtown where you like, but down just right, like. just west of downtown. Yeah. Right? And then I'm at a light and it's late at night. It's like 1 o'clock. I was coming home from a concert and, and the guy was like, he looked dead. Yeah. So I pulled over, I got my Narcan out of the thing, I was walking up to him, 
And then I was standing over him and he looked up at me and opened his eyes and he said, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, sorry. And I had the thing and he goes, and he started laughing <laughs> because he why, knew it was why, Narcan. Why is it funny? And he goes, no, I'm just sleeping. <laughs> so well. at my event that's coming up next month, we're going to have shirts that say, um, don't Narcan me. I'm only napping. <laughs> no but, Narcan, just napping. But. That's it's it's an energetic grassroots thing to try to get Narcan out in the hands of every addict in Los Angeles County, yes. in every public building, right next to the fire extinguishers. This is exciting to me. It reinvigorated me because well, I was doing groups with kids, and they just don't even know what I'm talking about. Right. Drew. So, so if, I want to bring in Bruce Heishober. Yeah, there's. Addiction. I was talking just, to Bruce about hey. this a couple months ago. Oh, good. So, hey, Bruce. Bruce. Yes, sir. Hey, there hey, man, he how is. Are you? So, Bruce yes, is a. Bruce is an ER doctor. He's an addictionologist. He and I have worked together for decades now. And Bob was just, did you hear what Bob decades. was saying about the hierarchies and uh, younger patients? No, you know, I couldn't, I was just on hold. I couldn't oh, okay. Hear so the, the idea, I just, I've been doing groups for 23 years and I just about four uh -huh. months ago retired from running groups because... I wasn't connecting and the, and the clients weren't really necessarily connecting with me. And just because I've been doing it for 23 years doesn't mean that I'm doing it well in the modern treatment context. You understand? If I'm not inspiring and I'm not connecting and I'm just an old man saying a bunch of old stuff that they don't want to hear, um, I thought my, my energy still... could be used better to get more on the streets and back to the addicts who are using um, and so that's why I've been doing Narcan stuff and, and stuff like that and just right on the streets and needle exchange, stuff like that. And it's exciting. I'm reinvigorated. But it was mostly about how I was saying this generation and our society in general don't respect tradition. And this goes from soup to nuts, from government right now. You know, the leader well, of the you, free you, world doesn't respect said, the the Constitution. But you so said hierarchies, though, which I think is true. It's something doctors, they don't respect at all. No, <laughs> like, I know. No, so hierarchies <laughs> don't really exist. Do you find that, Bruce, that they're not respecting you like they did 20 years ago in the emergency room? I use the word there, respect. Yeah, so there's, there's a, right, there's emergency room where you have the untreated, in the disease addict alcoholic and then there's in the addiction clinic where i work where find i found that such a huge uh, motivational interviewing is a connecting with the other person on a very basic very human level um and that's sort of what i tended to do just uh intuitively so but you're right in the emergency department i find less respect especially i'm older i'm older than you and i uh you know i don't have a, a recovery path so i can't connect on that level but, and I'm also, you know, there are a lot of things I'd love to talk about, but, but seeing people come in that are overdoses, getting hold of a Xanax that has fentanyl in it, not somebody that's just buying one Norco and has and not an addict and overdosing. So those, just to, not to be off on a tangent, but, you know, that's, that's the, the two spheres I'm in. In the emergency department, yeah, it's definitely a, a different, uh, a different type of interaction with the patient. I'm, I'm sure that's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a disconnect. I, I was always able to connect. And one of the things, I and there's a hopelessness in young people that they don't ever think anything's going to get better. And they don't think that they're going to be able to get off of drugs and get a job and turn their lives around. And part of that is this strange puzzle where they won't, they don't 
really respect the people that have done that. So, I mean... Right. If you, how can if you, you don't, don't trust value that, that I was homeless, that I was just like you, that I somehow followed some simple directions and my life became what my life is, that used to bring hope to addicts. It does not bring hope to addicts anymore. And I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm, I'm just mostly focusing on them surviving these next two to five years, just on the streets, really. You know, and the other well, what thing What do you is, think of that, Drew? I, we're in survival I, I, mode. I, we're not I, in thriving I, mode. I think Bob is right. It, it's why I've softened my position on Suboxone. I was, I was always accepting of the fact that there were a population that got benefited from Suboxone, but the, the population of drug addicts now are so low-functioning and so massive that I think replacement therapies may be our only option in terms of saving lives. And um, you sent me some data. I th- you sent some interesting stuff to me today, Bruce, by text about Suboxone being used as first-line treatment in, in pain management, too. Yeah, I've suggested it to a couple people. I, I, I suggested some pain for, patients. For and, and they, Hang on. Hang on. I suggested it to some populations in pain management. We did a pain management episode on this show and we have been attacked uh-huh. every day since as though I were somehow promoting Suboxone, working for... Beckett Reckheiser, whatever the name of the company is, I have zero relationship with Suboxone. I have not been an advocate for it ever, but the consensus papers on pain management are advising doctors to use it as a first-line drug. Is that not true, Bruce? Yeah, Yeah, and I can tell you, for the patient that cannot taper off, somebody that has chronic terminal pain, not terminal cancer, but no expectation of improvement in the pain situation. It is different than other opiates. You know, the way it binds to the mu receptor, the lack of, uh, and the blocking of the kappa receptor, and probably some NMDA effect. Well, I'm I'm being more Uh, practical than you guys. Hold on, though. Doctors right. will prescribe Suboxone and they won't prescribe OxyContin. Because I just had a friend. But wait a minute! I just had a friend in yeah. Cedar Sinai in the yeah. worst pain. He had pneumonia and he had just had throat cancer, yeah. and he's getting five milligrams OxyContin. And I said to the nurse, "You used to give up ten times that to kids who broke their wrists for yeah, football." That's right. Uh, no, ten, five years ago, <laughs> five, not, not in the ancient past. Yeah, five years ago, and and so so when I deal with pain management people through the interweb, you know, where they contact me and say, well, you know, what are some of the things? My doctors cut me off. They've labeled me a bad patient. I say, well, go to a Suboxone doctor. And I'm telling you, you go on 32 milligrams of Suboxone. That's got to cut through some pain. Well, I I said, that's why I brought it up talking to pain people. It's like the government is pushing it. They're restricting your access to the mu opioids. They're pushing the Suboxone. So why does the pain management clinics use it? They, Bruce, Bruce. Oh, we lost Bruce. <laughs> Did we lose Bruce? I don't know. Recording is on. Uh-oh, we lost Bruce. That's let me... Let... And the relapse. Well, oh, there he was. We lost you, Bruce. Okay, we lost you for a second. So so why does the pain clinics not use Suboxone, Bruce? There's a, well, I, I just had a discussion with a psychiatrist this morning for an hour. There, there is a bias, and, I, and part of it, we felt, comes from the treat the addiction treatment field there there is a stigma around suboxone which extends to buprenorphine which has been around since 1980 for pain it is a superior medication for pain if someone needs it right now i'm working with a system where we have a list of 
of people that are on high doses of opiates, and it's very difficult to taper them for whatever reason. And there's a study out of University of Michigan saying if you have patients that are on high doses of opiates and you're having a difficult time tapering, then move, put them inpatient and get them immediately over to buprenorphine. So, and by the way, have you ever met a buprenorphine uh, Bruce? Have you ever met a buprenorphine addict? Yeah, yeah. I, I like to introduce you to another one sitting across <laughs> here. Bob Forrest was struck out of buprenorphine. So I used you have to love to that stuff. I, I don't know if you ever heard of a Dr. Howard Mark. His name was. He was the first buprenorphine advocate in Los Angeles in the early '80s, mid '80s, and he used to prescribe it to all musicians. Right? It was illegal, and we'd go by his clinic, and you'd get these little ampules of it, ten milligrams. Right? Crazy. And um. And I, well, I was taking it from probably all my friends and everyone I know, and, and Stephen Adler, all, all the, but the point is, if it's, guys, if it's carefully from managed, from '86 to like '95, we all had buprenorphine in our backpacks or in our cars or at home, the hundreds of doses of it. Right, and if it worked. If you're shooting it up, for, you. for example, in in Finland, ninety percent of opiate abuse is buprenorphine, and mm. that's because of its availability and it's cheap there. It's another opiate. Right. And one to two percent of patients in the literature, when I ask patients that the effect it has, if they describe energy and euphoria, one to two percent get energy and euphoria from buprenorphine, I stop it immediately and I tell patients, they say, what are the contraindications to me taking this? How is it going to affect my recovery? I say, unless you're allergic or if you get euphoria, and that's a genetic, that's a physiologic thing, one to two percent of the population that are not allergic, but they will, they will tell you I'm getting energy. It's just like, oh, it's great stuff. Well, I didn't I get that, but I definitely I was not sick. I was definitely not sick. Yeah, but you could shoot up Benadryl. Let's not you shoot up Benadryl and get high. Well, let's not encourage people, bro. So, <laughs> let's not go too, too far down the rabbit hole, guys. Let, I, I, let's just go back to the right, fact no, 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 that, but, that full recovery is a is a difficult thing for people to achieve these days. Something scalable, something safe. It seems like more what we need, and Suboxone sort of fits that bill right now, right? I think it really does. And I, I, but you know. Drew, I agree with Drew. You were and Bob. You guys are always very hesitant to recommend Suboxone, and yes. I think you take a combination of. I was sort of pushing it. You guys were saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And I think it's a, what I'm seeing now. So many people are getting these X waivers. They're getting waivers to prescribe this to addicts. You have to have a comprehensive program. You have to hold yes. people. Yes, well, that's the, the other they problem. That is the that is the other problem. Or you're right. Yeah, that is the other issue. Right. Is that doctors are being urged to take on 250 patients. I know what I'm doing, but guys, I could handle maybe 30, unless I had a huge team of people yeah, around have me. Yeah, a team, an outpatient yeah. program. Oh my and- god, a whole bunch of people. But anyway, we've gone way down the rabbit hole, Bruce. Right. Uh, it's good to talk to you. I just want to get your thoughts on this quickly. Let me- Go ahead. Last thoughts. Well, let me just say. We, we also have a, a Medi-Cal IEHP grant if you're out in Riverside, 951-275-8500, and it's, uh, it's for MAT, medication-assisted treatment. It's covered by Medi-Cal IEHP. So it's 951-275-8500 and extension let, 130. But if wait, you wait, 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 Bruce, write, say, say and, it again. Say it again. I'll write it down. Yeah. Say it again. 951. Yep. MAT, medication-assisted treatment, is covered by IEHP, which is a Medi-Cal provider, and we have a full, this is a full-team approach. We have therapists, we have providers, and uh, it's 951-275-8500, extension 130. 
And that's, yeah, also, that's, that's the new... psychiatric medical group. We can also take other... All right, man. Hmm? We're going to yeah, leave it no, there. We got it, but that's the new... I, I talked to Drew about it. So that's the new... Uh, uh, State of California grants that yeah. are, have Thanks, gone to Bruce. Tar- I'll talk to you soon. We got more to talk about offline. Okay, but this is this is important. Okay, uh, so these you. grants right, have been given Bye. to. Bye. Are you ready, Drew? Tarzana yeah. Treatment Center, Clara Foundation, I believe. Yeah. Well, um, we're, and we're, Bruce I, has got one. What you don't know is I've been working with the current administration in Washington to try to get them to give a general, get rid of that um, IMD exclusion. So we can start releasing Medicaid funds for chronic mentally ill and grand drug addicts. Well, that, yeah, but I'm talking about what's coming in California on January 1. You want to know? Go ahead. Medi-Cal will not compensate programs that don't offer MAT. Okay. That's, well, so so that is going to mean CryHelp, Impact, Redgate, we'll have American to. Hospital will have to provide an MAT track or they won't get paid at all oh, yeah. for the absence-based treatment. Wow. So that's that's a that's rough interesting. one. That's that, that's that's why you have to pay attention in go- well, it's with, why, to your it's politics. Why, right. It's why government <laughs> is always somebody too, got to Gavin Newsom and said, "Hey, this is the greatest thing ever." Guess who? But, <laughs> the but, Suboxone company. Right. So we, it's the problem with government it goes all one way or all the other, and we've now we've now gone from overprescribing of opiates to underprescribing of opiates, where people with real pain can't get. I the saw it a week ago. It was horrible. All right. Let's get. Uh, let me see. How do I get Dave on here? Dave? Dopey Dave? Yeah. There hey, he Dave. is. So disappointed from Long his failure to interview Flea. Oh, so hold on. Let me let me read. Dave, I got to huh? read. Oh, fuck you, Bob. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yo, hey. I'm telling you, you can't expect him to do it that day. Oh, He's going to call you and do one. Okay. Here's Dave. I'm, uh, Dave, I got to read your, your your particulars. May I? Oh, this. Everybody knows Dave. Oh, please. Dopey is a shame and guilt-free space that promotes sharing without judgment where every debaucherous detail is encouraged. Nothing is off-limit. This is on the podcast, right? Dopey. The only requirement for guests and listeners, brutal yeah. honesty, unconditional open-mindedness, and a willingness to pee in your pants from the insane stories that remind us of what it's like to be an active addiction. Dave, uh, and we all know the story of your co-creator, Chris, and that was a disaster, and we can talk about it. But you can get it anyway at uh, TuneIn. Wait a second, let me... Gosh darn it, the way this thing jumps around. Tune in uh, and uh, tune in and turn on Adopi, and you'll hear guests like Mark Marin, Margaret Cho, Jamie Lee Curtis, Killer Mike. Good job, man. And uh, Dopey is without doubt an amazing, amazing place for addicts to go and people to learn about the disease of addiction. We are talking, Dopey, uh, Dave, a little bit about um, younger drug addicts and how different they are and uh, how the trouble Bob's had, has yeah. had reaching them. Well, it's just, yeah, it, it's got to be very difficult. Yeah, the trouble isn't them. The trouble Can is me. me They're the new generation of addicts. Let, let me just say this, Dave. Yeah. They are 70% of the inpatient uh, patients in treatment for drug and alcohol. Oh, is that true? 70% are millennials. There are so if you don't know of, how to you know talk why? to the millennials, rest... you should get the F out of the business. To be fair, the rest <laughs> of the adults are all out on the streets. Because you know, right. there's nothing to... to move them back towards treatment, right? The Prop 47 in California, where they're all on the streets. Well, and they're not 26, you go after your parents' insurance. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when they head to the streets. So, but Dave has mm-hmm. a huge millennial following. And I wondered, like, Dave, when you get on your recovery high horse, which you've known to do, what's the reaction of yeah. the dopey nation? What's the reaction to it? It's interesting. Um, I'm realizing this week was a real 
recovery kind of episode. It was my friend and she celebrated four years and we were talking a lot of God stuff and a lot of this and a lot of that. And, uh, and people are going for it now. I, I think, uh, I think my new philosophy is kind of like your old philosophy, which is like, try to have a good time being sober. And if you can't, I hope you, you survive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So the people who are into it are just kind of hanging out and are into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's a lot of dopey nation that are high. But wait a minute. There's a lot of dopey nation that's high, that hates rehabs, hates psychobabble. Think, you know, what is, what it was, what's their take on it? Can you hear me, Bob? Yeah, we hear you. you. We hear you. Bob, can you hear me? We hear you. We hear you. Okay. You guys are going to, are you ready? Are you ready for this? You're not going to like this. Um, but I've created, uh, I'm in the process of creating my own bullshit movement. Okay, you listening? Okay, okay. Dave, Dave it, hold I on. Dave, hold it. Yeah. Hold, hold it. I, I got to take a break. Yeah, no, yeah. we're gonna get yeah. back to I want, this I, in a the, second. The, the entire an entire movement cannot be described in a in a is, minute. Are, so he, are, is, he is he the leader? Is he the leader? I hope not. But but, <laughs> but he may be appointing you, Bob. That may be what's happening. Oh here. my God, I might be a leader. All right, so we're gonna take a break. Okay, uh, I have more business to take care of, which. Uh, uh, I will tell you that uh, today we're also taking calls till around 4 o'clock. Then we'll pick up again at 4.30 this Pacific time. We'll follow with a new Ask Dr. Drew show. Ginger Gonzaga will be here with, with me again. So after this life is over, we'll be dropping all calls. And we apologize if we couldn't get to you on this queue. However, you have the option to text your question again to the same number. And when you call in, you'll get back in the queue. This just helps our screeners to see your questions or, and just be less confusing so again as soon as the next show launches at 4 30 pacific and you still want to ask the question during the next show text us at the end of this broadcast which will end in about a half an hour uh and uh text us at the end of the podcast at 9842 dr drew and we'll try to notify you as soon as we the next show begins so you can call back we appreciate your patience we pretty hope hopefully this system works for you and uh we appreciate it appreciate you listening and being a part of this uh, at Rehab Bob Forrest is where you can follow Bob. Uh, and, of course, the Don't Die podcast. And then Dopey Dave and the Dopey podcast. We'll be back with him in just a second. We'll be right back with you. Hey, I just want to take a second to tell you about our friends at Social CBD. I get asked a lot about CBD products. Everyone's heard about it. But uh, thanks to the variety of claims being made, it can be difficult to answer these things with certainty. We don't have the clinical science yet. Luckily, I've connected with an Oregon-based company that has all about high-quality ingredients and manufacturing. Not hype. They were previously called Select CBD, but they've just relaunched their brand as Social CBD. Social CBD focuses on broad-spectrum oil, something else you might have heard about, but also confusing. So let me tell you about that. Hemp has over 60 non-psychoactive cannabinoids. CBD is one of them. Broad-spectrum oil goes beyond CBD isolates and contains additional active compounds that work together to create what's known as the entourage effect. This can be effectively delivering more calming and relaxing effects for, that's what many people, of course, are looking for. Social CBD's broad-spectrum oils contain zero THC, no high, no rewarding effects, none of those risks. They are available as great-tasting tinctures and flavors like vanilla mint, pomegranate tea, Meyer lemon. Simply drop it under your tongue for maximum effect. Social CBD products available in a range of formulations, each of which is clearly described so you can make an informed decision without all the promises that appear to be and often are too good to be true. To learn more, go to drdrew.com slash socialcbd. That's my website, drdrew.com slash socialcbd. For a limited time, you save 20% at checkout with the code DRDREW. Check it out. Now back to the show.
We are back Social now. CBD. I got some questions about that. All right, hold on a second. We got to get back to Dave. Yeah, we got to get the cult leader uh, thing going. Yeah. For some reason, I can't get him. Oh, there he is over here. Dave? Uh, Dave, do I have you back? Talk. Hang on. This is all Dave new technology. There? there we are. Dave. Doctor? Hey, buddy. Okay. Doctor, Bob, are you guys there? I'm we're here. here. We're, we're waiting and right. wait. You know, we're eager to hear new the movement. new movement. Listen, I was I was not sure if I was going to tell you guys about it because I figured you'd like laugh me off the show, no. and I figured like I didn't want that to happen. But this is the thing, okay? When Chris and I started doing the show, it was supposed to be a dumb show about dumb fucking stories that happened to us, and no. that worked. And then all of a sudden, I knew it was irresponsible, so I wanted to talk recovery. So we talked some recovery, and then as everybody knows, Chris died, and it got depressing for a bit. And then we, I kind of just kicked it back into the old way, which was a bunch of drug stories, but I had to include recovery. And I get all of these emails from people um, who say they got into recovery through Delphi. Okay? Right. okay. Um, and I don't have any statistics. I just have beautiful, beautiful kind of testimonials of people that never would go to a meeting, never got any time together. And all of a sudden, there's this handful of people who have a year who have six months, who have uh, a month. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I decided I was going to set up a reservation where people can move out and have sex with me and give me Rolls Royces. <laughs> so it's starting now, the dopey cult in upstate New York. And if you have, no, I'm just kidding. The, the, the <laughs> whole thing is happened. just, uh, I call it, I call it the, the alt recovery movement. Okay. Is what I call it, I which like is that. bullshit. It's just, it's just any way that you can, uh, I, I just have to say that my life is more fun like this than it was getting high. And I think a lot of people are scared to get sober. They're scared. And I think they're comforted by the vibe of dopey. And I think the, it's like that vibe is available, you know, from yourself, you know, and, and I don't, the movement is incredibly loose. It's just get into recovery however you can and let the, the fruits of your labor, uh, you know, service you, enjoy it. I, Try I to think, enjoy yourself. I think Try that is you generally know, that's it. yeah. I think that is generally the way people are approaching. That's what's happening. Yeah, I think it's what's happening, which is whatever works for you. So, and and the reality is there are lots of options, right? There is replace. There's medically assisted treatment. There are CBT therapies. There's motivational enhancement therapies. People are getting sober through. Your your friend uh, the Buddhist remember yeah, that whole movement the re refuge recovery refuge recovery I mean there's all kinds of ways they all <laughs> refuge up, recovery yeah they all end up doing kind of the same thing but it has to be yours and speak to you and that's great and, and but I, it's community I, the one thing that it is is community and what was AA or NA or what are AA or NA is community it's fellowship one human helping another Absolutely. it's interpersonal disease with an interpersonal solution <laughs> however we do that. God bless you. Let's just get right. it done. That's now, perfect. But 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 the scalability and the problem with the the magnitude of the problem, I, I am now capitulated to medication assisted treatment is something we gotta do because full recovery is just not an option for the flourishing that I'm I got interested in and why I got interested in recovery, it's not for everybody. It just isn't. No, it's it doesn't fit the mindset anymore. Right? So example, but, it doesn't, I gave, but does that even matter though? I mean all that really matters is that uh, whoever is going to get it gets it. And yep. then, you know what I mean? You can't do anything uh, about anybody else. It's exactly you know right. I mean? the, the rest, yeah, but that wait, wait, was, but, but the rest should not die. 
That's that's well, the that, point. And there Whoever shouldn't be it, so many it, of them. That you're not acknowledging that it was three percent of the population, Dave, when that theory was so accepted. It's now twenty percent of the population. You can't have if if one out of ten get sober and you have two million addicts, you can't have nine hundred thousand addicts dying. Right. That's exactly you have right. to have a solution for them. That's right. That that's exactly that right. is an alternative to twelve steps, really, because yeah. twelve step thing is not. You know, I, I'm assuming a lot of your dopey listeners that are that are search, searching out new ways to find find thriving are not going to twelve step meetings. Some are, some are, and some aren't. I mean, I do. But Bob, let me ask you this: Are you interested in starting a call with me? <laughs> Drew kind of knew that you wanted me as this is not the first time I've been offered to be a cult leader, by the way. <laughs> this it, it, Dave, don't do it. I, I, I'm, t I'm retired. I, all I work. do is just, I yeah, sit I and listen to music. No, it's, it, it's, it's funny. I'm too, I'm too I'm old we, to be a cult can, leader. Bring music in. Don't it's you have funny, to be in your forties to be a cult leader? It's really funny. You have to wear white. I'm 45, Bob. I know I you're the perfect age. Dave, I am. We are. Gonna, we are concluding our conversation here. It's always great. I'll see you in New York. All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And I'll get, right, we'll get Love on you. that podcast with Flea. I promise you. See you soon. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I can't. I dropped you. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. He wants to give you crap about the. Oh I, I have a really interesting call here. I want to get to this. Is this is we now, the next level? The part of our conversation needs to be about homelessness because that's where a lot of the drug right. addicts are that are so irretrievable right now. Uh, Brian, are you there? Brian. Yeah. Hey. hey. Good question. Go ahead. What's your question? Um. Well, first off. Well, I just wanted to say uh, shout out to you and uh, Bob and Dave. I've been a big fan of Dopey Nation for a long time. There you go. Dopey's awesome. And um, Dave actually personally called me and kind of helped me get into rehab, and I'm in there right now. I've been there for six months. So oh, awesome. good for you, man. Before all, I just want to say thank you, Dave. Awesome. He's listening. There? He's listening. He's not He's online listening. anymore. He's not I, here. I, he wanted to talk about Flea, and I dropped him. <laughs> oh, he just left? Yeah. Uh, it's all right, though. He's listening. <laughs> well, are you awesome. going to be the first member well, uh, of his cult? <laughs> no, no, no. He has a good question. Go ahead, ask that okay, question. Okay, I want to hear the question. Basically, I, I kind of wrote Do you think there's a fine balance between harm reduction and judicial punishment that needs to be calibrated with society in order to help suffering addicts, but at the same time, keeping them accountable? Wow. Yes. yes. Wow. I'm, putting you, I'm putting you back wow. in the queue. It's a, it's a big question that Bob and I are going to chew wow. on right now, right? Right? So yeah, I mean, we, I, here we are. We we live. We live. I'm getting other calls. I've been, ta I've been talking here. about this for five, ten years. Hang on a second. Hang on. I am muting everybody because I I'm getting every call in the world in uh, in my head. So um, so here we are in the utopia that is California. We have Prop 47, Prop 57, maybe. Oh, it's not just in well, hold, California hold hold where they don't arrest drug addicts anymore. Right. So we don't we don't take legal action against drug addicts. We don't encourage them to treat. We don't leverage them into treatment. This is um, what's his name's plan? The guy that wrote that book about the rats and the in the perfect utopia. Uh, uh, his name is not coming. To they me need now. play pals right, and all exactly. that kind of stuff. So now we've done this experiment, and now people are dying at the rate of three a day. Johan Hari, three a day. I'm putting every Johan Hari. Thank you very much. Whoever said that, <laughs> exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm having to mute everybody. Have a little technical problem. But yes, Johan Hari. 
And um, and now people are dying at the rate of three a day. So it's not okay. It doesn't work. It's a progressive disease. When I was arguing with him, I forgot to point out that this is a progressive problem and we have to deal with it accordingly. Uh, it can be temporarily dealt with with all kinds of uh, leniency. Fine. It shouldn't be in the legal system. I don't believe it should be in the justice system, except to encourage people over to treatment. Well, or to now medication-assisted treatment. Yeah, the, but this gets back to what I'm talking about. Things don't register. So it registered with me when I was facing three years in prison. Yeah. It registered with me. Yeah. It does not register with 27-year-olds whose parents have rescued them from every problem they, that has ever existed in their life, right. including teachers who didn't understand them when they were in third grade, right, right, right. all the way okay. down the line. So I, I believe the prison system, both in Nevada, Arizona, California, and Washington, those are the four states I've worked alternative sentencing in, yeah. they've kind of just given up. They have drug courts. They've given up. They, yes. They've kind of just given they've, they've up. They've given up, yes. And the, because the cost to incarcerate all these drug they addicts- They shouldn't be incarcerated, to be fair. We agree they shouldn't be but incarcerated. But you have to be threatened with incarceration. Right. That's right. No, that's right. There has to be, there has to be a sort of threat. damage. Right. And, and so now they're not going to. So I, I, I can give you examples where I had a client who was in possession of heroin high. His keys in the ignition of his car passed out by the side of the road. The cops called his parents to come and pick him up. Right. So heroin. Th- that's, heroin. That's typical now. So that's the world we live in. That's it. So we, we, so we are sort of in agreement that there should not be real... They should not be in the justice system. They should be an ancillary system of some type. Same with the mental health patients, right? They shouldn't be in prison. They should not be in prison. No, but okay. but you Just have to it. find what is going to motivate okay. them. Okay, I understand. Prison that. motivates drug addicts, I, I hate to tell you. I got it, I got it. Not all of them, obviously, because 60 70% of the population is addicts. And, and then his De Brian's question was harm reduction versus criminal justice right well see i I believe you guys don't really you're not out there on the streets i got out of the rehab and out into the streets yeah the streets are not going to buy suboxone they don't like suboxone that's a government plan that's not going to work on the streets how about it's not going to but how about if people said you you can't just sit on the street uh and you got to go somewhere and by the way we'll give you suboxone (laughs) they would take that no, they they rather just. There's They'd so many the drugs streets. now. Everyone is a poly substance abuser. Well, there's no heroin. opioid meth, meth addicts it's anymore. Heroin. It's meth heroin. Meth heroin. Yeah. Uh, uh, pot is nothing anymore. I know. Pot is like milk. Yeah. Benzos <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Uh, uh, synthetic drugs that they get with, that's marijuana. I've been down there in t- downtown. They they like take this drug and they say what it is and I look at it. I don't even know. Cat, I don't know. Cat or something. Cat yeah, or yeah. and it's synthetic yeah. marijuana looking yeah. stuff. Yeah. And cigarettes that are dipped in shit. People, people are. It's not like the Suboxone model that 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 our governor wants to roll out, and the federal government wants to roll out. And maybe you do want to roll out. I, I think it will is, help. Is it's not the the addict population is not from 1964. Like sign up for methadone and go there every day. I can't. I bet you everything that they're not going to go to the clinic every day like I did. They're not going to. No, I know. They're not going to. I understand. So then you're going to have to give them a, you know, a week's dose. Yes, yeah. They're going to sell it to right. get that synthetic drugs and whatever. It, but, I mean, I'm, I'm up for it to see how many of the 900,000 it can get out of there. If, if it's even another 10%, it's worth it. Okay. But that it's going to be a, what do you say, panacea of 900,000 addicts? No, it's not. <laughs> it's but, not but, but, but if you started doing more comprehensive care on these patients, you would get somewhere. 
We're doing I don't no even care. think We're have you no asked care. a twenty four year old their drug of choice? They don't know. I, I know. I know it's polydrug. I know. Let, let, let me get we got uh, Patrick from Don't Die Wisconsin. Let's get him on. Oh yeah. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be governor of, of Wisconsin, I predict someday. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I can, I get We're gonna have on. a friend in the in the government. I have to unmute it. Hang it won't come Patrick, up. where there, are you? There we are. Now are you there? Back. There we are, Patrick. I'm Hello, Doc. Hey, Bob. How are you? Hey, I, I want to make a prediction right now. I predict in 2028, Kanye West will be president of the United States and Patrick will be governor of Wisconsin. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> how are you For doing? Sure. I Will saw you, you all dressed up at some big crazy. government function the other night on Instagram. What was that about? That wasn't a government function. That was uh, the organization, the nonprofit I work for. We are currently uh, in a motion to build a new treatment center. And it's that sounds like government to me, so brother. <laughs> you are yeah. going to be a politician someday. Admit it. Well, my brother is a mayor, and my other brother is a judge, so I think it's in my genes. <laughs> there you maybe, go. Maybe. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, but Right. I can change from the top. But he grew a mustache, and he was wearing a fancy right. suit. <laughs> so, Patrick, you could you hear what we were talking about before you got on the air? Oh, he knows all about this. It, it works in Wisconsin because there's what? only like 400,000 people there. Yeah. Everything that we yeah, talk about on here <laughs> works in Wisconsin. It's not going to work in California. That's the other thing that we need to accept. Right? Not they have great are, harm not, reduction yeah, I mean, programs. Not if people are just loose on the streets. Well, right? it's also cold in the winter. They have to go somewhere. <laughs> That's the point. Loose on the streets, you can't. Yeah. Does, do you think that, that the, why you guys are so successful with every program you roll out is because of the lower population numbers and it's cold nine months out of the year. I mean, how much homeless problem do you have, really? For sure. I mean, yes, you are correct. Uh, I don't think it's simple, but it does definitely play in our favor. Uh, so when it gets cold, the shelters open up um, and, you know, it's a smaller population. So, Bob, I've heard you talk a lot about since we're smaller, it's not like we're not moving an aircraft carrier, right? So we can make changes pretty quickly. So an example would be uh, they just did a big thing with the fentanyl test strips uh, for uh, IV injection users. Um, so in the harm reduction model, with the exchanges, they were handing out the fentanyl test strips. Uh, we just got back some numbers on that, uh, which are pretty promising. Um, they're showing like 50% of the people that tested their stuff and saw a positive for fentanyl either used less or or, you know, push slower or use less. Some even got rid of the stuff. Um, so, you know, I'm a hardcore abstinence personal guy, right. but I'm also a hardcore uh, harm reductionist because I'm, too many of my friends have died, and I don't think drug users deserve to die. Right. You we're, get it. So when I was there with them, so that was a but, year but, ago, on, they were you... giving out fentanyl testing strips, and the kids used it. Yeah, I know, I know. That's not going to happen in L.A. If it helps them, they might start looking for fentanyl. <laughs> We're testing for it. But Did anybody? Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Drew just Drew does no drug addicts, Patrick. Yeah. Was there any examples in the in the surveys where people used it to make sure that there was fentanyl in their dope? To seek it. To seek it? You, you guys, you, you stole, you stole my, what was going to be like my, my, uh, my highlight. So one of the numbers, it was a really small population because it was the first rollout, but there were a couple tests 
where I, earlier I said people threw it out because they saw that note. There were a couple chats where people threw it out because they didn't see that Right, right, right. So, yeah. I know, we, I know drug addicts, Bob. That's an outlier. You don't have to, you don't yeah. have to claim uh, that. I know drug addicts. Yeah. So, so, but but I think we are all on the same page, right? We need new the solutions and a multiplicity of solutions. Correct. We, we, but we need leverage. You can't, the status quo is going to, even with MAT, is going to end in more deaths. But I think the weather Mil- is the thousand. leverage in Wisconsin. Milwaukee's yeah, an amazing town. But, but, but you, can't, you can't be on the streets in Milwaukee from like right now, right, Patrick? From like, yeah. from September to like February, you can't be on the streets at all, even if you're... Cover, you know what I mean? Can you four months out of the year that you have no. to go somewhere? No, I mean last year we unfortunately we lost some of our homeless population to freezing to death. Oh like, my literally god! Freezing to death. Oh, by, so, by, by, hang on a second. Yeah, let me just tell you that Los Angeles loses more to to uh, exposure than any other place. Actual numbers. Well, from pneumonia oh, and like just, that, just the cold. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Wisconsin cold. You can't tolerate that for an hour. But the people think they're okay, they're loaded, they lay out, and then they die of exposure. Happens here a lot. But they, it's not as it's not as motivating it is as it is in Wisconsin where people have yeah, to go Yeah, if it's indoors. coming in on the end of August, I bet people become more willing to go to rehab but, in Milwaukee. This is the point. We need <laughs> leverage. We need to get people off the streets and into something. But anyway, Dave, uh, excuse me, Patrick, Patrick. we've got to wrap it up. I appreciate you calling, man. Any, any last thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I, would, I can send you the numbers on the fentanyl strips, and I would love, Dr. Drew, for you to talk about the myth of touching fentanyl cops are overdosing. Um, I think it's, it's a lot like the AIDS epidemic and sitting on a toilet gives you AIDS. I'm yeah. really scared that people aren't going to Narcan people or help people fearing that they're going to overdose, and it's just flat-out bullshit. Yeah. So maybe they'll... What is the myth? There's a myth. There's a myth that people, by even touching enough fentanyl, it'll go through their skin or get to their eye. Oh, or right, right, right. So you know, that's just a challenge. You know, that's local news stories. It's local news stuff. It's cops getting scared that they might got exposed to something, and I, I don't blame them for getting checked. But yes, use your Narcan. Period. Don't worry about it. All right, Patrick. Thank you so much. See you later. Thanks, Talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right, buddy. Wow. So. The, the, the last you learn something new every day. Like there's a myth that you shouldn't yeah, narcan yeah, yeah. someone because no, you'll overdose there's, yourself. There's a myth that if you touch if you touch too much of the product that they're involved with, that you'll listen. The drug out. addicts you're meeting on the streets don't have any product left. They just did it all. I know. I, know. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Uh, so uh, let's talk to the last remaining minutes about the homeless situation per se. What percentage of people out there are drug addicts? I would say fifty percent. What are the other? 50%. Thir, thir, four, 30% are the are the same population that's been out there. If the VA would step up, Hold on. I mean, so what you'd is that be 30%? amazed at how what? many veterans are on the streets. What? It's an it's an abomination I, and, to and, this nation. And what do they have? What is the condition that they have? They're PTSD. They have addiction. Okay, so they that's have, they're back in the addiction group. What, what diagnoses are out on the street? We have a whole bunch of drug addicts. And I think fifty percent is very conservative. Schizoids, schizophrenia, okay, so chronic psychotic disorders. Where yeah. are all the schizophrenics in the country? Los Angeles. The I was just at McDonald's yeah. on Figaro, the and there streets. was one. Then uncontrolled bipolar of various types and other psychotic disorders. It is unconscionable, Bob, that we leave these people on the streets. They're all treatable. These are treatable conditions that are progressive, that often end in demise. Yeah. And if you treat them early and aggressively, people can do very, very well with them. And if you don't treat them, they become irretrievable. Why can't we talk about what's going on here? 
because we we're living in a in a fantasy of what America is, which we're, is which is if you have economic success, no then, then economic money is all that matters. I, I talk in one of the, the talks that I give about the change in American culture, right? Um, Boisky, I think his name was in the Mil Milken thing. Mm -hmm. In the he was the person. He was this insider trader guy who set, claimed and made this statement that greed is good. Right. In 1985 right. or 86, America almost threw up. They said no. It's that's disgusting. There was a rebellion against him. He was destroyed. Mm -hmm. You say greed is good now. People go, yeah, it is good. <laughs> It is. Kanye now. West, the Kardashians, all this nonsense that people idolize. Mm -hmm. It's examples of, of gauche materialism. We idolize people who, are, who, are, who mm -hmm. represent gaucheness. Okay. There's no decorum in our society. There's not respect for lifelong wow, you, diplomats. You are, for, you are an old man. I am an old let's, man. Uh, <laughs> Right? Let's get, yes. Let's get this. I want to get this one more call in. Um, that's, I'm getting good at using this system here. William, are you on? William? Yes, hello. Hi, William. Yes. How are you, doctor? We got, we got about a minute or two, so have at it. Yeah, so this is going to be hard in a minute, but I just wanted to address the questions about uh, Suboxone for use with chronic pain management. Yeah. Right. Uh, just a couple of quick things, given the short period of time. First of all, there are, there are, I've been a patient advocate for years now. I deal with both addicts and chronic pain patients. Uh, there's a huge uh, portion, percentage of the chronic pain community who do not get success using Suboxone. I'm not saying... What about methadone? Where it, where it what about effective. methadone? I'm sorry? What about methadone? What's that? What about methadone? I, I, I see people... I see people who get better results on methadone. Right, me too. So percentage-wise, more people get better results on methadone than they do Suboxone. I'm not saying rule either out. I'm saying whatever is effective for the person, go for it. Right. However, the big thing about Suboxone is for patients who have conditions where they may end up requiring surgery with on same-day surgery, right. so emergency surgery, yeah. the, getting those people through surgery while they have Suboxone in the system, but now need traditional opioid treatment, is a very complex thing. Have you treated? Um, have you treated the that substance abuse and health? Have you been actually in the hospital? Have you actually been in a hospital when that's happening? I have been. Yes, I have been okay. in there with patients so, so, who have been going through that. So my experience is my, my experience. Hang on, my experience with that is that it's not that complicated, yep. but, but doctors don't understand how to do it. And so, if well, you, if how you know do you do it? I would, it let you, me guess. You would wait twelve hours. You, you, it's a lot less fa fancy than you think. But go ahead, William. You go ahead. Well, my experience is from hospital to hospital. To a certain extent, you're right. They have uh, varying degrees or varying ways of approaching this. Yeah. Um, SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, recommends when going when you have planned surgery. You go through a two to four week tapering before you have surgery. For same day surgery, every hospital, seemingly every hospital, has their own approach based on just what knowledge they have. Yeah. But for the, but my point is, for the patient though, dealing with this, it can be a horrific experience yes. because obviously you folks know if you're too quickly weaned off of Suboxone, terrible. You're going to go through terrible withdrawal. Yeah, effect, awful withdrawal. And how? 
So yeah, we got to wrap so it up. How soon? We got to wrap it I'm up. But this is kind of a technical. What's that? This, got, we, this kind of a technical conversation about how to treat the suboxone patient with opiates. Let me just say there were some recent publications with some very specific directions that make it very simple, and the, doc, the doctor should look at the latest publications. I think it was the New England Journal, if I remember right. But the the point was you were going to make was yeah, that suboxone that. is highly stigmatized. And uh, and that and I I'm not sure stigma is the right word. It's this confusion about it. Bob and I were, are not advocates for it, but because we wanted to see people I'm fully recover. I'm just that. a realist. Yeah, but we're a like, realist, and we want people no, to I die. Think- so it has a role. Listen, you've had you've had two administrations from both sides of the aisle say no more oxycontin. So the, so it's not going to come back. You have to find alternatives. Well, and, and the antibioxone seems like one solution is- for some part of the population. Methadone is a great. Methadone has been being used for pain management I know, patients it's, for it's, fifty it's, years. I know it's way. I've seen disasters from that. I, I'm way less enthusiastic. Oh my god. I've okay, but, lots, but I'm saying if we're well, looking at a multiplicity of solutions for addiction, it, look for it for pain too. Yeah, yeah Bob. No, but I, I, the, I, the problem is that just in dealing with patients. We need to treat every patient on a patient by patient right, basis. That's right. That's right. It they're not going to, though. Lunch. But they're that's not going right. to. I, I mean, they're not going to. That's right. There is but, 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 too well, much. Unfortunately, though, there's we, too we much demonization that, of though. opioids yeah, right. now. You're not going to be able to go back. So we need to go forward. But that that's the thing that someday I hope I'm telling you my best friend was in agonizing pain. I was screaming at the nurses. Yeah, I know. Right, I know. but they're not going to do it. And both sides of the aisle, all of Washington is locked up. The drug companies who produce the opioids are bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So where do you think that we're going to go? It's never going to go back to 2004. We have to figure out solutions for people who are in pain now, well, right? And I turn to a private private doctor. I yeah. said, you know, as soon as you get out of there, you need to call this doctor. Yeah, yeah, sure. And brave, courageous doctors will stand sure. up and that's do exactly, the right thing. That's exactly right. But they, know what doing. they get notes from the government. I, I get them all the time. It, all right. This is me. Me. I get notes from the government. Think about that. So someone of really what did, doctor like you no, prescribed no, no. how much right. opioids imagine, to what patient Imagine in you're that a doctor zip code? who really doesn't understand addiction and you're getting notes from the government. It's scary. I know what I'm doing, and I get notes from the government. So, and but I, they and compare I, it to doctors in your zip code, correct? They if dealing with one that of the same ways they problem. do it. They many, many ways to get on. Well, your explain case. a couple because the public one needs is you're to out know. Of, you're out of line with your peers. Is yes, one of them. The other is stop. The insurance company is on your. The insurance companies will tell you to stop. Okay. Then, so then the so, Department of <laughs> Mental Health will tell you to shut. So we are and not going the, back to 2004. No, 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 no. no. We we got to wrap this thing up. We got to wrap up. But, but but I hope that people in real pain can find solutions and uh, and CBD no might be something. CBD methadone is something. People. Suboxone. Stop with the methadone. Trust trust me on that. Trust well, me I think that, some people in like the Midwest have been on it forever for pain management. Well, anyway, that's fine. That's fine. That, that's a drug you don't want to come off. So, but two hundred and sixty milligrams. Oh Jesus! How could you get that high? I don't know. We got to wrap up, buddy. Where, where do you want people to find you? Um, I want them to come to my event on December eighth in Hollywood. Um, it's a Narcan training and and Narcan group. We're going to talk about addicts. You know, giving an addict Narcan training who li- uses by themselves is not really that effective. No, it may make me feel good to no. give it to them, no. but we're going to talk about to directly to the addicts. I'm play music. Phony sponsors reuniting to play my band. Okay, my, and, and it's on December 8th in Hollywood. You can go to Rehab Bob and look it up. And There, there it, is. it is. There it is. How about that? 
Free Perfect. Narcan, free tacos, music special guest giveaways. Well, look at it. It's, it's free Narcan and tacos and music, but it looks like free Narcan tacos. Yes. Well, that would be an interesting uh, new, new Narcan solution Narcan tacos. And a reminder for everyone on the phone, hang on. Uh, we are taking calls until, what, is, what time is it now? It's like 4 o'clock. Okay. We're going to pick up again at 4.30 with a new Ask, Ask Dr. Drew show with Ginger Gonzaga. After we wrap up here in just a few seconds, we'll be dropping all calls. I apologize to those of you on hold, but... If you, you do have the option to text your questions again as soon as the lines close, text to the same number, cut, cut and paste the original one, and when you call in again, you'll get back in the queue. It helps our screener to see your questions in advance, and we'll get you right back where, where you belong here and get to those questions as quickly as possible. And the next show, once again, as soon as this show launches at 4.30, and if you still want to ask questions during that show, text us. Is that the number they text, the 9842-DR-DREW? Okay, text there, 9842-DR-DREW, and we'll notify you as soon as the next show begins. Thank you for the patience. Thank you. Uh, we hope this all works out. We hope you guys are getting something out of this. And we're sorry for what the did we learn? Stuff. What did we learn today? Dave well, is going to be a cult leader, we, and Patrick's going to be governor of Wisconsin. We we learned that, <laughs> but but we also learned we learned also that 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 things are evolving and changing and more solutions. And, and you and I, you particularly, have softened your position. I, I was always kind of open to the possibility of these. these is because I could tell we had to we had to do something, but now it's gone so far down. It's gone. So everyone is so far, so close to dying that if we don't do something and do something aggressive, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of dead. Yeah, there's yeah, it's be lots. There's of more than the four hundred thousand they're saying. I know that. I agree. So Bob, okay, good to see you, man. Thank good you all to for be here and uh, check us out. Fancy next time. TV station. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, Dr. Drew here, and this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learned something, but see your doctor, get proper medical care.